Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson. Today, thanks again for joining us here on this wonderful Thursday evening. If you're listening on WYSL, of course, we're pre-recording Tuesday evening here for our online audiences on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages, the Tim O'Connor pages, and the Andrew Hollister Facebook page, too, because that's right. We got Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor and Andrew Hollister joining the show once again. And yeah, Andrew, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so it's so my first time meeting you, Andrew, and I, I got to say it's a pleasure. I, I've, I've listened to your, your work when you were doing Radio Free New York. I really appreciated your effort with the Larry Sharp campaign that first time around, especially. And so, look, this is an honor for me. I'm meeting like a, another famous dude like Kevin. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't disappoint you. I think they, they always say don't meet your heroes or something. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm OK with that. <laughs> I think yeah. it's going to be great. Yeah, so no, I think so, take, too. Taking our jobs. This AI is coming to take our jobs, Kevin. That's what yeah. I'm, that's what I'm seeing. Taking our jobs. Taking her jobs. Taking her jobs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so there, there's been a bunch of new like AI technologies coming out. Like they, they've been out for a little bit, but they, they've started to like kind of break into like the, the mainstream discussions. Uh, a lot of the AI arts uh, creators have been emerging lately. Like there's a cool one like Lenza that they'll turn like all your photos into like really cool AI generated art. Uh, and there's also um, chat GPT is, is another like big one that comes out. And if you haven't like checked that out yet, like it's, you, you basically you, you're, you're chatting with this robot and you could ask it to do things to um, like, like code something for you or to uh, write a summary of something for you or write an essay for you. Or I actually, I had it write uh, 10 headlines for this video too, that I didn't end up using, but I, I had it write some optimistic headlines for a libertarian show and a pessimistic one. So it came up with chat GPT, the future of artificial intelligence and Liberty chat GPT is revolutionizing communications and freedom came up with, they're a little bit bland. They're okay. You know, yeah. Some pessimistic ones are like Chat GPT, uh, the AI that could take away our freedom. In yeah. is AI a threat to our liberty? So, and our job. Let's not yeah. forget. I, so, I asked like the articles I, I would see coming through on my uh, <laughs> Google feed. I, I asked it how to change the oil in my car. It was it was it was okay. It gave me a pretty good set of instructions. Then I asked it what size wrench I needed to have, and it was like maybe you need to take it to a mechanic. And I was like, Hey, take it easy, pal. I'm just asking for a wrench size, you know? And then it got a little bit feisty with me. Then it kicked me out for an hour. Cause I asked too many questions too fast. Wow. So amazing. Yeah. I, I managed not to get kicked out yet. I, <laughs> I, I was, I mean, I, I was kind of taking it to it to see how fast it would come up with stuff to see if it would get like, like to see, 
there, there was a lot of canness to my response because I was I was dealing with it in like global topics or, or climate change or or didn't know who Rush Limbaugh was and things like that. And it, it kind of came at me with some weird answers. And then it kind of got a little bit repetitive. And it reminded me of uh, back in the day, there used to be a video game that they would let us play in school, but it wasn't actually a video game. You kind of had to work your way through the Northwest, Pacific Northwest in olden times in a wagon train or something like that. You and talking it, about it, Oregon Trail? Or that's the one Oregon. I couldn't remember the name of it. That's so classic. So it got yeah, to that a... feel there of Oregon Trail, where I'm I'm not saying what it wanted me to say, so it's just going to repeat the same answer over and over again. I, I hated that. that Oregon Interesting. Trail for that. Hmm. Yeah. I, did I, you I, did you end up dying of dysentery or? I'm pretty sure I got Indians. I think I got surrounded by Indians. There was a couple different ways I died, and, and then Open AI. You know, just kick me out. Same, same concept. Booted you, game over. Couldn't ford the river. <laughs> yeah, but. that was that. That was fun. So it it was interesting. What you're doing, what you did with it, was something I didn't even think about doing. Was ask it to create actual text for an ad, right? Or a, a, a our our podcast, let's say. Yeah. No, I mean, well, that's uh, a lot of people are are trying as that they're writing scripts for videos. Uh, they're writing titles for videos. They'll they'll make, you know, uh, blog content for their sites. Because uh, you can write it. You can say like, hey, write me five hundred words from a libertarian perspective on you know whatever topic, and then you know, give it follow up prompts to like adjust the text of the writing, and it'll, it'll pop out something for you in seconds. It, it's it's pretty cool. They get weird. But, uh, you know, it is if you want to, like, generate content quick that, that, like I said, the video titles that it had are they're OK. But like the like the they'd probably catch people's eyes like liberty at risk. Oh, all right. Cool. You know, that's uh, yeah, it knows the buzzwords already. Yeah, that's it's uh, pretty similar to how I've been using it. So I've been using it kind of like, you know, and quote unquote in the real world, um, we've had it rewrite uh, some contracts for us we've uh used it to write emails and and it does a pretty good job um especially uh you know in my industry for those who are listening you might not know um i'm in tech i do it uh everything from uh, some of the basic stuff like running some low voltage wire all the way up to some pretty high level engineering for infrastructure um and uh sometimes you just need to explain to a customer how two-factor authentication works or why a solid state drive is better than the spinning drive. It took me uh, years to figure out this two factor authentication thing. I'm like, well, you, you yourself can ask chat GPT. How does it work? Explain it to me like I'm a 10 year old. Yep, and, yep. You know, and give and me a very what, simple explanation. And that's, that's kind of what we've done. Actually. We had a customer um, who uh, is putting together their cybersecurity plan to present for management and their management couldn't really understand what is two-factor authentication? Why do we need it? Why is it important to our organization? And so one of our team members was like, hey, chat B GPT, you know, how, how do I explain this like in a very basic, simple way to a non-technical person? And would it spit out? We, we had to, you know, polish the edges a little bit, but we handed it over to the person who was putting that together. And they're like, this, this is actually great. You know, thanks so much, you know, and we're like, you know, this is this is how you can access that information. And this is something that you can use it um, for to make your job a little bit easier 
to streamline things. Um, and it, it's been really interesting too, just for general knowledge and information gathering. Um, you can almost use it a little bit like a search engine with a uh, you know, search engine on steroids, basically. Yeah, like like if you had like a complex topic that like we want to research for the show or something, right? Like, hey, uh, can can you explain to me how uh, the Jones Act works? But uh, give me like a a ten bullet point list of how it works. They'll shoot it out and they'll give you ten quick bullet points of how the Jones Act works. Something like that. I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna try that right now. Yeah. So I just for for folks listening online, I did uh post the responses it gave me i'm like hey give me an optimistic uh headline for a libertarian video and pessimistic headline i asked it to give me five each and so so uh we are live again on on youtube and facebook across various channels uh shelly asked is it accurate regarding libertarians or say we're all potheads i've been asked it about libertarians generally just asked it for this video prompt um i so i don't know that it if it it's going to respond about libertarians it's it's going to be searching what like andrew i don't know if you you know how to explain how it works but it's going to like kind of take feedback from various parts of the internet like they use reddit to feed uh this they use you know uh, in a handful of other sites to feed like what these answers ought to be to train the ai uh on on how to respond to things um and so it's going to go based off of that so whatever its various sources say is it's going to learn and build from that i mean uh i i asked it i can read the answer oh like. yeah do. <laughs> and i haven't pre-read the answer so uh i'll be we're, we're just as in awe as, as you guys yeah yeah absolutely. daniel donnelly had a similar question i yep. wonder if such section from a libertarian perspective will come out stereotypical yeah yeah so um my question to ch uh chat gpt was are all libertarians potheads i figured we'll start there uh, <laughs> good question and, and it says uh it is not accurate to say that all libertarians are potheads or that being a pothead is a requirement for being a libertarian libertarianism is a political philosophy that advocates for individual freedom and limited government intervention in a personal and in personal and economic matters some libertarians may support the legalization of marijuana but this is not a fundamental tenet of libertarianism, and not all libertarians necessarily support this issue. It is important to recognize that individuals who identify as libertarians can have a wide range of beliefs and opinions on various issues. What a nice neutral answer. It very yeah. much was yeah. not written from a libertarian perspective, because if a libertarian was answering that, they would say that, no, you're not a real libertarian. unless they'd probably, they'd probably also fight you, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they would immediately start putting you down. So, yeah, no, I get oh, it. That's a, that's a pretty solid answer, though, honestly. It's, yeah, it is. But I think from a libertarian's perspective, I think 99.99 percent of all libertarians say, legalizing especially marijuana is an acceptable path to get government intervention out of our lives so I, I i think that it, it went with a, a very neutral answer where i think it could have taken a firmer line there yeah well it's, it's i think it's supposed to be neutral like it's just supposed to give you the information just just the facts right like that's that's the idea i, I want i want i want the answer you're, you're not fighting with a comment section to... <laughs> i know he I wants know. a biased bot that's that's what, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. uh tim i am sure there's going to be a market for that like guarantee oh, no yeah. but all right so let me ask you two guys legalization of marijuana should that be part of our platform as libertarians Le especially decriminalization of possession of drugs should that be part of our platform right 
I think it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, generally. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we all agree on this issue, right? Like I'm not chat GPS better get caught up here, man. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I'm sure there's a feedback mechanism. Bring in. You know, it it, it was it was okay. Yeah. I mean, and I would say without getting too deep into the weeds, right? Like as a as a quick sound bite, I think it did it right. But yeah, I'm also somebody that's better in long form. I'm not very good at putting together sound bites. So, you know, right. if something can do that for me, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, that's makes sense. Jelly says, I haven't met a libertarian who opposed the legalization of marijuana. I I think I've met, like, one before who's, who's un, like, libertarian and everything else, but uncomfortable with, like, that issue, which is surprising. They, they're out there. It's a big tent. Yeah. I think that's that fair. There, people do have personal issues when it comes to drugs, and and mm-hmm. so that's that's probably where that comes from. Yeah, but but anyway, but back on topic. Uh, da- Daniel Donnelly uh, had a comment here on Facebook says that AI is being used in law. Algorithms read through long judicial decisions, digest. Hopefully, the salient points for attorneys uh, short on time. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the right. main applications. People are using this for like contracts that are very similar to i've seen people use it for like rental agreements and other things it's i'm none of us are in law but it it, particularly that field where you're drawing on like a database of like existing text and you know contracts end up looking very similar like the the hard work of building that stuff uh can be done by ai which is it's going to have a big impact on that field i'm sure you know like on on all the support that goes into like paralegal support and and other administrative support that goes into supporting lawyers um now people kind of take that to the next step and and i think they'll do that with like andrew some of your work too and some of my work in marketing and be like oh therefore those jobs are going to go away one thing I want to point out, guys, is there's there's a lot of armchair lawyers on the Internet. And now we're going to give them a tool here to kind of create all sorts of like chat GPS style responses when they get into the legal weeds of arguing with their buddies. I, well, I'm not actually, sure if this is for everyone. I think to, we should you know, limit the access somehow. Limit the access. You want to restrict freedom, Tim? Come on. I just want to no, chat GPS, <laughs> I, I, not freedom. <laughs> It's different. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, uh, a- Andrew, um, th- thoughts on like you know like that? Are any of these jobs going to go away? Uh, you know what's if, if Tim doesn't restrict the freedom of people to? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, to if we don't lock down ChatGPT, Chat GPT, will it will it uh, take away jobs? Um, you know, it, it's funny because uh, at the beginning of the before the show started. You know, you said, "Well, will Chat GPT take your job?" And I was like, "I, I really hope so. Like, that would be great." <laughs> you know, and it, right? and then uh, and then you know, kind of like your follow up was, "Well, you know, since you own the business, maybe it's the employees that need to be worried about their job." Yeah. And my perspective on that is the opposite. I'm hoping, as a business owner, that tools like Chat GPT will allow the employees to become better at their jobs, to learn things from this. I know like our team has just been playing with this and how it got introduced to our team was um, we had a fairly large project coming in and one of our new members said, Hey, I wonder if there's a more efficient way to do this. Like I have to do the same repetitive task for 20 machines. Um, Chat GPT. Is there a better way for me to do this? 
And it was like, yeah, actually, I can write a script for you to automate some of the like mundane parts of this task. And he's like, can you also automate these other mundane things? And it put it together. Here's the thing. Not all of it worked. He still had to spend some time troubleshooting. He still had to start doing some additional research. And between what ChatGPT provided him and what he did independently, he actually built something great for our company that is going to make our jobs easier as a team. Um, it's going to make the customers happier because we can get um, work done for them faster and more efficiently. Um, and kind of overall, everybody's happy. Nobody's job is at risk there. And in fact, we're encouraging people like, yeah, actually dig into this more. This is like really cool. What other really cool things can we do to give our customers a better experience to make our jobs um, more interesting, I'd say. And, you know, because sometimes, you know, in IT, you're clicking through things, you're doing the same stuff. And if you have the time to write a script and research, great. Um, you know, and like I said, not everything worked, right? He had to do extra research. There was still a human aspect to it. He had to go in and, and kind of polish things. Um, but overall, I think, at least in our industry, the, the sentiment is not, oh, no, what's going to happen to our jobs? It's how can we use this to become more effective? How can we use this to be better? Now, does that mean some jobs might change? Yeah, I, I'd say over time, jobs will change and hopefully for the better. Hopefully, uh, some of those super stressful things can be automated. Um, you know, is that going to be for everybody? I, I don't know. Um, I know people probably were worried about jobs when the automobile was created. And, uh, you know, here we are. Well, for <laughs> so, the people in the horse and buggy industry, the they were right to be worried yeah, about Yeah, sure. It. But, uh, you know, I bet you when they're ripping around in their brand spanking new Model T, um, <laughs> you know, they, they felt, yeah, they felt a little different. They started, okay, well, I'm not going to be putting shoes on horses anymore, but I will be replacing tires on cars. The way to do it, and that's like that. That's the important part about this, right? Is like you, you kind of gotta like have a base level of knowledge to be able to use it more effectively to like automate some of the more like rote parts of your job, which is why I ended up doing too. It's like, all right, like I have to do this like repetitive task every morning, and I'm like I wonder if I can ask it to write a script to do that task. You know, it's just like kind of copying down some rows in Excel sheets, and sure enough, it's able to do that. It took me a couple tries because I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know how to write a script. So I had to like do a little bit of trial and error, but like eventually I was able to get there and, and it's, you know, helped save me just a few minutes every morning, that type of thing. And, and, and same with like any of like the marketing stuff. Like, all right, like if we want to create video titles out of this, I still have to have a good basis to like know what the like the seed of the topic is and then know whether or not the headlines it generates for me are good and they're going to be effective and and you know drive people to want to click on the video yeah, and i think that there's a lot that we're going to learn along the way just like any other subject and i think that that's that's something that um people hear ai and they get nervous and they don't think about it as like any other subject like excel is a perfect example um I, I don't know anybody who woke up one day and understood excel formulas without practice without research without understanding and tripping and falling along the way um you know using tools like this is the same thing and like a, a really basic example was when i first started using it um i was really just kind of using it as a search engine 
And then I start asking it to do things. And then I realize I'm like, oh, this thing probably has memory. It probably remembers what I asked it. So I asked it to write an email for me. And then later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Whatever you're asking, I'm sure it's being stored somewhere. Um, You know, security is still security. You know, you got to think about that. Um, But then I asked it to go back, uh, grab that email and update it and add additional points and items to it. And able to do that. Yeah. Nice. So, so, you know, it, it's going to take, I mean, it's, it seems to be super powerful, um, but I haven't seen an instruction manual yet. And really who knows what the limitations are. It, there will be people who become specialized in using AI based on experience and leverage and, and things like that. No different than Excel word documents. A wrench, else, yeah. a hammer, screwdriver. I, I can you know? see. I can see. I'm getting a sense where it would be like a tedium alleviator, right? Where you have to produce similar emails for different people, and you're typing them all out. You just kind of go to the chat, you know, the chat GPS, and just ask it to kind of regenerate each email. It would save some time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess I, some of it makes sense to me. I think it would do very well in the realm of education. Maybe we'd need a few less teachers. Oh, yeah. think about that. <laughs> no, it, okay. you, you're anticipating where I want to go in the second half of the show. Cause I want to talk about, I education. thought I'd segue a little bit ahead no, of time. There. Well, I was going to ask feel... you if you're worried about your job, Tim, come on. It's, well, basically it's... I, I have very hands-on technical knowledge and know-how and I, number one, it's what I do is not going to be, uh, it, it, okay, so it's it's related to plans, and I need a lot of engineering to to produce a solar array system. Okay, but the actual installation takes it, it's not going to be replaced by by any kind of chat artificial intelligence. It's going to take hands on hands on robots that can construct arrays with basically. I think it would be at this stage in the game a little too complicated for a robot to do because there's you've got to climb a ladder, right? Then you've got to get on a roof. Then you've got to like lay out according. You've got to check the dimensions from the plans, align it with the roof. Maybe AI could help with that, but I don't see it. It's all user input. Like we'd all have to be there putting it into the computer when we could just lay it out on the roof and put it together. So it, it would be an added step. But when somebody wants to know when I'm going to be done with a job and I want to explain to them that we're four months out on a, $5,000 switch and there's nothing I can do about that. I would be more than happy to turn that email generation over to somebody else, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, that's, that's a, that's a good way of using it, right? You're like, okay. Why you need to explain to a customer why it's going to take this amount of time, explain it, you know, in these terms, using these points and I can yeah, be a little or... confrontational. Like this isn't my fault. You guys should have made a commitment sooner. I would have ordered your stuff sooner. I... <laughs> why, why is this my problem? I, I, I've seen people do that too. Like he'll produce like a nice neutral email and be like, no, make this more confrontational. And then they'll, they'll produce a more aggressive email for you. I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that without their help. I would go the other way. I'd definitely be like, make it a little nicer and keep it matter of fact without me. I'm like, there's things I'm glad to apologize for if I make a mistake. But if there are things that are happening beyond my control, it's, it's a tough situation, right? Like you don't want to be apologizing all the time for stuff like that. Yeah. And um, okay, I'll get to a couple of these comments. Uh, so Matt says, you know, since you're streaming this, why not show off chat BT, GPT in real time? Well, we, we are going to have this on the radio, too. So I don't want to, like, make this all about the visual element because we need to keep talking because it's it's going to be and it's going to be on podcast, too. Um, 
you know, maybe, maybe we'll show some screenshots. If you have any suggestions of things that we should ask and it's stuff that we can read out over the radio, uh, put them in the comments. Let us know. Uh, John Brown says, uh, AI is already work all around us, impacting everything from our search results to our online dating prospects to the way we shop. Data shows that we use AI in many sectors of the business has grown by 270% over the last four years. Yeah. No, it, it, it is already employed in, in a bunch of stuff. You know, this is just a, a fun interactive one that like we we noticed the direct results of, but it's it's been around a bit. Uh, Daniel Donner, Donnelly asked when Tim O'Connor became a Sith Lord. Uh, I think because you were restricting uh, the I was, technology. It was just, I just wanted to prevent those armchair legal uh, technicians that you argue with on Facebook over certain political aspects. When they, they want to tell you their opinion of of the Supreme Court case, uh, Kilo versus whatever, the state, and, and they make some stuff up and you they don't need any help from from any chat system. I'll be oh, honest. man, this is it. This is going to really step up my like comment game right here. Yeah. Just to, uh, have chat GPT respond to all the comments for you. And it's just, there you yeah, go. Sip a beer. Yeah. Just, Hey, respond to this in this way. Yeah. <laughs> will it, will it do that? It, pro it probably oh, will. I'm That's sure it will. hundred yeah. percent. No, you know, no. Like if you're like, uh, it, the, respond to uh Kilo versus new London as if you were against that case. And refute this specific point and it'll put out something uh, all right so uh we, we do have to take our our first break of the show though thanks again for joining us here on a free solution we're gonna be back in just a couple minutes talk to you soon Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project, but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim the Free and Baron O'Connor and Andrew Hollister on the show talking about ChatGPT and AI and whether or not it's going to take our jobs or make things better. I don't know. We'll see. Um, do you think I'll do the radio show for you? What's that? Do you think it'll do the radio show for you? Oh, it probably could. I could probably ask it to write a script for a radio show on a topic, and I could just, like, get one of those AI voice generators, which are totally a thing. And I could even get one of the ones that uh, – have you seen Have you seen the ones where it can generate, like, a, a artificial face and have it read stuff for you? So I, I've seen them advertised. I have not given them my information for a free trial. Uh, I, I totally did try it with, like, a burner email. Um, and, you know, like, it was like a – it would only read off a couple things for the the free version, but uh, yeah, no, it's weird. It's it's a it's a bit uncanny valley. It 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 works technically, um, but yeah, <laughs> we're almost there. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, I could probably feed like there's very soon and, and Daniel Donnelly on Facebook is, is getting with this combined with deep fake visuals. AI text will make for more effective impersonations like very soon. I could there are AI programs that can be taught to imitate your voice and then I can feed another program a bunch of pictures of my face and it could just I could just I don't even need to do this. Like I, I just uh, tell it to, to write a, a 50 minute show of me talking about this any topic. So people, are, that, people might be worried about losing their jobs, but have they thought about chat GPT? Will you go to work for me? And uh, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. couple that with remote work and, uh, you know, hey, join the Zoom call and, uh, you know, argue my three favorite po points about this topic. And, <laughs> there we uh, go. Also brew, brew my coffee for me while I watch Netflix. <laughs> I mean, there is there is a consistent warning that comes up, fellas, when you're using this. It, it may present the wrong answer. It may present dangerous answers. And it may change its answers if you hit regenerate response. That's yeah. that's, that's something no. to be concerned with. I don't know. I mean, it's, it people do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right. People, people change their answers. People are and, so, uh, <laughs> Matthew asks, how, how do we know it's really you now? You don't. You don't. And and I, I will ask uh, it to um, predict the. Uh, Results of the 2024 2024 presidential election. We'll see what it does. It's gonna sidestep. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, see, it does it. It it won't do it. Says uh, data only no, goes up to 2021. Ask it to predict an election that already happened. <laughs> yeah. hmm. okay, uh, predict an election that's already happened. Yeah. Uh, Ask yeah, well, does, well, does it does it have? I'm trying to think if it has. I mean, it would be interesting, depending on where the data ended, if it had enough data for like a 2022 election, or you know, from 2021 to make a prediction for a 2022 election. But you know, that would that'd be interesting. Uh, no. Uh, ask where Bitcoin's going to land in the next few years. Um. So let's see. Well, can can you pre can you predict the uh, Bitcoin prices uh for the next uh, six months? Well, what does it say? Uh, I'm sorry. No, it won't do it. Oh, it's highly volatile. Doesn't know. It's 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 giving me a weaselly answer. It's just like, oh, we don't know. Goes to that canned response. You know, uh, it's it's funny. The financial advisors say the same thing. I bet you they wrote this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a good point. Uh, and maybe for for those who are who are listening on the radio, you know, um, the the responses that we got back were very uh, very generic and like a canned response saying, oh, I can't predict volatile assets sorry yeah so we would want to ask it to generate something right like it did like you did with your headlines um yeah yeah i mean and, create some it, content or something oh yeah no, so you could do something like that you could ask it to create content um so so one of the 
Uh, and I'll, I'll add this for the folks listening online. Again, folks, if you listen to WYSL on, on Thursday evening, so glad you're here. Uh, we, we we are pre-recording this on Tuesday. We're going to be doing something similar to that week after week. So if you want to participate in the show again, like like you did when we were doing the midday show, you got to join the online stream. Uh, we're going to try to do it Tuesday nights. Um, and you can participate in the comments. Um, but we could do we could do something like this is what the education folks are worried about. Um can you write me a five paragraph essay on the causes of the civil war at a ninth grade level? And this, of course, is a seventh grader doing this. Uh, so they ace the test. That's right. So, yeah, yeah you got to bump it up a grade or two. Oh. Even though I, so I saw, so, and, and if you're, if you're watching this online, you can see it's, it's, Typing it out for me, right? You know, wh whatever it, uh, whatever it wants to say. It's saying that one of the causes is states' rights, so you know, controversial there, um, and economic differences, and wh whatever, right? Like, so I was writing this essay, um, and and people have used this for, and and kids are already using this for stuff, right? So they're using it for uh, writing essays that that they have to do from home. Uh, you know, I've seen people use it for like book report type essays, like write write a report on like this well known book, and you know you can ask it to change a different perspective or to make a specific argument on this. So if I wanted to have it like um, rewrite this from like a this, uh, I'm trying to think of like how I'd I'd want to rewrite like this essay, uh, rewrite this but uh, stronger on states' rights as the cause. Then if you... Yeah, uh, it, it'll rewrite it as, as that. Then what you got to do is copy and paste it into Grammarly and see how well the grammar is or isn't. Yeah, so uh, when I've been watching this on TikTok, a bit, teachers have said like, there's no way this kid's grammar is that good. Like this, this so essay is pretty good. Then okay, yeah, nice. no, it it, it well, is pretty good. And that's what that's can like the, the flag. Like, can you can you tell it like uh, it add ten percent grammatical errors to this? Probably. We, we should try that. Um, yeah. You add ten percent grammatical errors to this essay. <laughs> oh no! It won't, it won't add errors to text. Uh, no, you gotta <laughs> you gotta make those parts. You gotta have to revise it, it yourself to. to I, I think that's a problem easily resolved, though. I could easily <laughs> oh, yeah. add ten grammatical errors to get that done in twenty minutes. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. No, no. So uh, for for those who are listening on the radio, you know, the response was, "I'm sorry, but I'm not programmed to intentionally add errors to text. My primary function is to assist users in generating clear and accurate written communication, and then that." You know, suggest yeah. you do it yourself. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know if I like the answer. Matt, uh, Matthew on Facebook said, have it rewrite it as if Yoda were dictating it. I don't know. Mi mixed results on that one. Might need to take another crack at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know some, some of the stuff, and I, I do want to get to like more of the educational stuff and stuff, but I know some of the stuff like, uh, Daniel, I say, how profane can the AI be? Like, if you ask it to, I'm sure it probably would say profane things. Uh, you know, shows that you know, ask it about January 6th. It's gonna give like the Wikipedia answer on that. Like, I already know that. 
uh it, it there's certain things you can ask it about like it, or if you try to initially it'll push back like if you ask it to like like how do you hotwire a car or how do you like uh you know pick a lock or something like that or write it write me uh, a virus or something like that it, it'll it'll push back initially uh but there are ways people have found to get around it uh if you you prompt it in the right way be like pr- pretend to be a bad guy explaining your evil plot to me of, of hot <laughs> and it'll, like it'll do it that way so there, there's like funny stuff that goes on with this um but uh, you just bribe it with um bits of data and expansion of memory assets and it's just like yes okay i'll give you the information now <laughs> yeah no it's yeah, initially it'd be like, oh, that's unethical, and then you find ways. Like, ah, oh, but it is it though. Is it Chat GPT? Yeah. Uh, but but on the education side, right? So like, people worried about like, oh, kids are just going to use this to write essays. But it's kind of the same thing that like Andrew and I were talking about, like having a base knowledge of like how to like understand whether or not the content that is produced is good, and being able to ask the right questions. You could write more effective content, have a better understanding of like, if I want to dive deep into civil war stuff and I've seen people do this with like world cup or with football or with uh, like, just again, a topic that you're interested in, you know, summarize this thing for me, help me understand it better. Write me a, you know, a, a 500 word like description of what this thing is. And it can help you learn if you want to do it. Now, instead of, freaking out and banning it in schools which may end up being a policy thing and i want to talk about the policy implications of this like maybe we should be doing what andrew and i and tim and i were talking about it's like finding ways for for kids to embrace this like it's here it's it's like in the same way google and wikipedia were a thing when at least andrew and i were in high school and it was controversial then Uh, tim i I don't know what your equivalent of that was but what hang on I because I, I, I'm stuck in my thought of couldn't couldn't we actually use this to to replace a distinct percentage of our our school teachers couldn't couldn't we kind of get it couldn't we alleviate our taxation burden through use of open AI that's that's what I'm fixated on right now in my brain so you probably could I was just looking for the opportunity to sneak that in there as a threat to jobs and jobs that people may enjoy being threatened. I'm yeah. just saying. T- T- Tim is pro taking away jobs. <laughs> Tim wants, yeah. I I will say, and this is a, uh, you know, th- this may concern people. I don't know. Um, I growing up struggled a lot with uh, spelling, grammar, like that sort of thing. Um, and yes, yeah, I still do. But I tell you I what, the something that has given me a dramatic improvement has been tools like Grammarly that as I'm writing, show me what's wrong, teach me what I wrote wrong, where the grammar goes, what the wrong um, words are in the sentence, how to spell them correctly. And even like the autofill on text messages, I would say in the last few years using those tools really, (laughs) really got me to learn in a way that I just couldn't learn in school. And, and that is something that, uh, you know, everybody does learn differently. Um, I struggled with that throughout my whole life. And in the last few years, it's, it's made a dramatic difference for me. Yeah. And in that, I, that's yeah. like a, go ahead, Tim. Well, I, I, sh- I share that same, I shared that same problem with Andrew I was, to the point where it was very, very unenjoyable to, to turn in an essay and have it come back with 
added commas or this is the wrong word or and and then of course the way my brain works i'm like well you're wrong you don't know what i meant there and i you know and i'd be like so i i could see it being a very valuable tool to assist grammar and and ease of production when you want to get a bunch of stuff onto a piece of paper and you're thinking of a lot of things it could help you organize your thoughts i mean i could see that being really really effective as a really effect and not to mention that i think it could replace a couple of teachers here and there yeah, sure. Well, you know, and again, building off both of your points here, like it could be a way to communicate your thoughts and ideas more effectively, right? Like if, if there's a kid who's like, maybe they didn't have teachers who were able to do that, or they didn't just, the, the pedagogy just didn't work for them, but, but a tool like Grammarly or, or like any of these AI programs, like say, okay, this is the better way to do that. They learn the better way to communicate, and then they're able to communicate on their own, both in, in the written word and in speech. And so that that can be really helpful for kids. So if you think of that in the, the optimistic way, not in the, oh, kids are going to use this as a crutch or a way to cheat, but as a way to, like, learn the right way to do that, to communicate better with other people, it can be a good thing. And then, on, like, you can, on the, the teacher front, is it going to totally replace teachers? Probably not immediately. But you can do things like uh, I've seen people use it for write me a uh, – because I see everything on TikTok, but, like, write me a uh, – like a, a 10 course lesson plan for learning about like this topic, like learning about this topic in math and like teachers are using it to like sketch out outlines of like course curriculums, but like students could use it too. Like, Hey, can it where with like links to resources, like teach me how to do this thing. And it'll, it'll put out a bunch of stuff for you. So if you want to learn a topic, a kid wants to learn a topic in school, this is a good way of like sketching out a course curriculum. And if you're in like a, uh, a homeschool situation too it can be even better like if a, a parent doesn't like know where to start with this stuff that's a good way to start it, it, it'll it'll give you a place to, to to go yeah and i i would add in you know i had a uh a, a hope that uh didn't really come to fruition but when covid hit i was really hoping that remote learning would take a different track um, but some of that requires loosening up of government regulations and all this other stuff that just, you know, wasn't going to happen. But my, my hope was that when COVID hit and remote learning became widespread, that students could test their learning types and enroll in classes for teachers that taught specific to their learning type. And, and I really thought how cool would it be that since learning was remote, you could sit, you know, in in your home 3,000 miles away and have a teacher who taught more effectively than the teacher who's 10 miles away from you. And and you could learn better. So, of course, that, that didn't really happen, unfortunately. Yeah. So we did, we did the Zoom class but... thing, which uh, did not work for many people. Yep. Anyway, yep. Teachers so or we... students. Yeah. So we did the remote learning thing, but we didn't actually optimize it and make it so the education could be better. We just tried to keep education in the box that we knew, right? And, so and use computers instead. I, I, yeah. I want to jump in because I had exact, we did a podcast on it, me and Queter and uh, Dr. Mark Brayman, where we were like talking about reimagining education and trying to twist this COVID response, which was dystopian on some level, into something positive. And that one of the things, like you said, effective teaching where 
a teacher, instead of having 20 kids that, that are in their classroom, can talk to 200 kids and, and be passionate about the subject and take them. And children could self-direct their learning. And we could still use our, our community schools as centers for sports and entertainment and allow those things to expand once we got past the, the government response to COVID. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I was with you. That, that, that struck a chord with me, Andrew. That is exactly what I thought we should could have been done. And of course, because it's such a heavily government controlled, union controlled situation, we can't reimagine anything. We can only support it. And as a result, school became more expensive. School became less effective. And so now here we are trying to reimagine solutions. AI. So, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, so my next, my next step, my next dream that government and uh, lobbyists and unions probably won't allow to happen um, is that we could leverage AI to allow students to test their learning abilities, their learning styles, and be matched with teachers who teach in those styles, and then have the AI generate the lesson plans in the way that the students would learn the best. The teacher can still teach, but the teacher could teach at its most effective potential and the student could learn at their most effective potential. The jobs aren't necessarily displaced. Instead, they're just becoming more effective. Children are learning better than they ever could before because it's tailored to them. Teachers are teaching better than they could before because it's tailored to the student's learning style. Um, probably won't happen, but you know, I'll, I'll shoot it out there. Maybe, uh, maybe somebody listens to the show and goes, Hey, you know, that's a good idea. I want to pilot that in my school. And, and, you know, maybe we, uh, spark a revolution education that marries these two things together. Um, and, uh, hopefully that gives people choice and liberty along the way, but you know, that'd be nice. I, I I'm not holding my breath for that to happen in, in no, government. No, me schools. neither. <laughs> uh, but, but some <laughs> like all. entrepreneur, like the, the types of folks who are building like the, you know, the, the homeschooling pods and groups and stuff like that, someone might take that idea and run with it and be like, right, how do we, how, how do we use the, the the revolution in AI to be able to like match students to like the teachers that are going to be able to teach them most effectively? And and it'll probably be something that will grow and grow and grow like we are seeing with like people opting out of government schools until eventually the government will get on board and start subsidizing it and then ruin it in, in a new and unique way that we weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah well, we'll you know, restrict it somehow. Yeah, yeah. or the other. I mean, there there's some technologies that move faster than government restriction. Hey, you think of like ride sharing services, like it, mm -hmm. they couldn't quite Air, keep up with Airbnb, it. yeah, they, you know, cryptocurrency. You know, they're they're starting to catch up, but yeah, a lot of that stuff moved much faster. Yeah, so we might see something similar, hopefully, happen with education. We'll see. I don't know. I I could see where we we were kicking around artificial intelligence. This is at the next level, right where we take artificial intelligence and we take it into the hospitals, right? Where we get a blood test and we see gene genetic analysis. And all of a sudden now we can take AI with an IQ of 10,000, right? And, and answer medical science issues and experiment in other ways without harming people to get really effective dosages and treatments and, and help eliminate some of those human errors that we see. Uh -huh. I would love to see, an expansion. I'm sure they're working on it, but again, we're dealing with a, a behemoth of a system that has its roots so entrenched in into the government that yeah. it's going to be hard to transition from where we are now to any sort of effective use of artificial intelligence. It's like the buggy whip manufacturers trying to keep the cars from getting on the roads. Like 
you know in today's day and age that that battle is going to be even harder. The politicians are bought already. Yeah. Well, so like you can, you can already see that like on, in the medical industry with like uh, the, uh, the telemedicine stuff, right? Like how for some, for some stupid reason it took COVID and it's still not even really a thing in many places to, to get telemedicine to be like a viable option for folks, even though it's, it's better. Sometimes you're like, I'm, I'm sick. I don't want to be in an office full of other people and you could diagnose me and get me a prescription written for the thing that I need over chat. Now that's not possible with everything. You know, yeah, that's not possible. I, ha I, ha but. I have a personal story about that. My kid, my oldest kid is a lawyer, right? Their company was kind of um, dicing around with lead weed legalization and some stuff in the medical industry. Then when telemedicine hit the scene and because of COVID, it became a thing. Their business exploded because the rules and regulations that they had to combat and work around and write new laws and write new contracts with their patients to, to allow telemedicine made for a massive boon for the legal industry. So it, it, what you're saying is telemedicine. But lawyers ain't going to be out of work is, is the other thing you're saying. But they'll find, they'll find their way. They'll be all right. Um, no, but telemedicine, like they, so Google's already working on a program where like you can list like symptoms and it'll like provide like a, a medical diagnosis type of thing. And it's meant to be used by medical professionals to like help them diagnose whatever is is going on but but i'm sure there's going to be some sort of ridiculous government regulations around that stuff and that is one of those other things too it's like you still probably need some like base knowledge of like what to put in in order to get like an output that makes sense um and will be accurate but uh that is it's going to be a thing like soon like in the next year or so soon where it'll be a thing all over doctor's offices and they'll probably end up coming down to a fight over like privacy and HIPAA. Is this going to be yeah. where yeah. that's going to get bogged down? Yeah. But, and I mean, at that point, then you've got people who are training people on how to use AI. So those teachers that feel like they maybe were displaced in one place, they'll step right into a much higher paying job. You know, think of a job at a, uh, you know, a government ran school. Uh, versus a job in a healthcare facility training doctors on how to use the new medical software. I think they'll come with better benefits in a pay bill. Probably. Interesting point. That's I think it was Dan Donnelly somewhere said jobs aren't really lost, they're just transitioned. And I think Andrew just mm -hmm. kind of made made the point right there that there yeah. would be, if we do lose some jobs, we're going to have opportunities for other jobs and we need to relax and enjoy. There it is. Jobs aren't yeah. are never lost, only transitioned, right? So that does make sense, right? And changes in our economy change everything. It moves us forward, right? Technology has historically provided us with more options, more affordability, and more freedom. This is technology, and it's a rapid advancing technology. I, I, you know, the, if they control, like, if they get to where they control the military weaponry and stuff like that, I'd be a little concerned about how they would feel about us being in their way. <laughs> Well, you know, that's why I'm sucking up to the robots now. And, uh, <laughs> I treat, I, I, I know, listen, guys, that was nice. I say, I say, please and thank you to my Alexa. Come on. <laughs> I, I got a Roomba. I treat, I, I named him Billy. I, I'm, I'm going to treat that thing great, man. I mean, I let the dogs play with him. He seems happy. I, you know, he wanders around the house, bumping into things. And I don't know. He seems happy. I'm, I'm just, he has a mapping program that concerns me, but I, you yeah, know, I don't know. A little bit a little nervous bit. about that. 
Well, all right. So we're we're out of time for the radio show. So we we only got fifty minutes on the radio. So thanks if you're listening to us on WYSL Thursdays at eight PM. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Again, we we do we may talk a little bit longer on the online show too. So if you're not following us, make sure you follow us on a free solution Facebook, YouTube, uh, the Kevin Wilson pages, the Tim O'Connor pages, the the Andrew Hollister Facebook page and YouTube channel too. Uh, bunch of places that you can listen to us here on a free solution but thanks again thanks tim to freedom bear o'connor for being here tonight and andrew hollister for being here tonight uh have a good night folks listening to us on the radio take care a free solution all right, and we're out on the radio. We guys, we we keep talking. We keep going. Yeah, yeah let's keep going. Um, so, because I, well, I I want to ask a question. Is like, you know, do do do, do the An- Andrew Yangs of the world, do, do the people who fear this, are are they going to be successful in shutting this down? Are they going to be like, no, we got to protect the jobs, we got to, uh, and we got to shut down this technology to protect the artists, to protect the writers, to you know, protect the teachers, whatever, right? Like, who's Andrew think- Yang? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do I do think that they've really been a, off the internet forever. They they stand a pretty good chance of limiting its impact on society, at least in the short term. Um till somebody gets rich off of it and buys new regulations, right? Like incredibly fantastically wealthy off of it. That that's what it's gonna take. This this they people are afraid of everything right now. They're afraid of their own shadows, they're afraid they're angry with their neighbor for liking Trump or liking Biden. It, it very easily manipulated society. Plus, you know, old guys like me can barely manage to get use open AI without getting kicked off, you know. Well, if you you didn't make it sad, Tim, it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to stroke its ego. Jeez. <laughs> I was arguing with it about climate change. I was arguing with it about the vaccine. I was arguing with it about, I demanded that it speculate on something. And it's just like, we don't, I don't speculate. And it just, it just got mad. Plus, I couldn't believe it didn't know what size wrench I needed for my car when I asked it how to change my oil. Did did you give it the specific like model and year too? And it didn't ask. When I I asked it to tell me. It's got to know the ask. Mm -hmm. Well, what I asked me, I asked it to tell me how old my dog was, right? And it asked me a whole bunch of specific questions. I gave it that information, and they're like, well, without knowing what day your dog was born. And I was like, shouldn't you ask that in the first place? It was like, what kind of make is your dog, and how big is it? Like, it was going to be able to generate the dog's age from that. And I'm like, ah, tricked you. There's ways around it. I'll tell you what. I've already funny. tricked Billy a few times when he's roaming around the house. Move a chair, <laughs> and that thing is lost, man. Yeah. Now, I, now I will say I know that um you you had mentioned you know especially artists the, the artists I feel like have been extremely vocal about uh, feeling that their industry is being invaded by AI art generators um they they definitely feel very threatened by that at least in conversations that I've yeah, had with them. I've seen that too um um which is funny because I don't know when the term starving artist originated um i'm sure somebody could ask chat uh, gpt and let me know when when did that term originate um but art has always been a challenge for success and uh i i believe 
you know, people say things like, well, you know, now art is going to be created by AI. There will be no original art. There will be no artists. Um, and I think artists have been saying this since the invention of printers, yep. since the invention of the camera, the camera phone, um, all the services on the Internet that you can modify it, Instagram. I mean, when Instagram started having filters, um, people are like, oh, no, you know, there won't be photographers ever again. You know, this is going to kill the industry. Phones are starting to become smarter. They can take pictures equivalent to DSLRs. Um, I disagree with that personally. I, I've yeah, seen a lot yeah, of those it images. It's, out, it's, it's not there. Yeah, I, I'm not as good of a photographer as, you know, any professional out there, despite my phone giving me like a lot of help. Like yeah. it, it's still, yep. it still snakes. I have blurry pictures of my child everywhere. No, and and I do. I have a Pixel Seven Pro, fresh, brand new, supposed to be one of the best, you know, camera phones on the market. It takes great pictures, but I tell you what, you, you throw it up against like a, a DSLR, you know, one of the Canon cameras or a Nikon or something, or and, or, or and, someone who just like knows what they're doing too, right? Like yeah, people can take yeah, like I mean, amazing, absolutely. incredible photos with an iPhone that I cannot take. I don't know how to set the conditions correctly, yeah. like the lighting, uh, the angles, any of that stuff for it to look good. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of like techniques, you know, I, I remember when I was into that thing, this guy was like, watch what I can do with a sheet of paper and how I can change how this photo looks just by reflecting some of the light from the window off this eight and a half by 11, you know, like, like that level of art. Um, what I do think will happen is as more of this comes into the market, um, and not just artists who generate images, right? Uh, we talked a lot about content creation. So we're talking about, you know, people who write copy, for example, probably feel extremely threatened by this and really worried about it. The value of their service is going to increase more and more as this becomes readily available. Why? Because, well, if you want a piece of original art, it's going to cost more. The, the artists will, yeah, there, there's going to be that situation where there's a lot of supply of AI generated art. Right now it's kind of novel, right? But, you know, it's no different than um, going online, going in, you know, Adobe stock photos or something like that. People do it all the time. It's readily available. There's a cost associated with it. It is much cheaper than hiring a photographer to come out and do actual photos at your place of business, doing the headshots for your staff, doing all those things. Yes, it's cheaper to buy stock photos. But when it's time to buy those photos, you pay the photographer pretty well. And they do amazing work. And people yeah. notice it. And and they know. Um, so, so I think that really artists will just get paid more. And that's kind of how these things have always gone. There may be a few less of them, but they'll get paid even more, right? Yeah, and and to be honest, I, I think that um, once again, the the starving artist thing. This has never changed in history. This existed, yeah. <laughs> you know, when art was like uh, stone tablets, you know, like so. I I don't think that this is changing. I think um, I think a lot of things history repeats itself, and this is going to be the same same deal. Unless How we got a bot in the Biden chat. Speaking of yeah. bots, we need more artists like Hunter Biden. They just say, "I, I don't know how much Black. you make, but here's a picture of a cat. Give me seventy-five grand." They're just talking about photos, and all the bots are out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's the bots just started jumping in the chat. Which platform was that? 
There's YouTube. YouTube? Interesting. Huh. Shut it down. Yep. Shut it down. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 that way with everything, you know. Like I, I know Andrew, like he's not so much against the AI. I kind of implied he was against it. He's more like because we have this technology, no one's gonna be able to make money soon. So uh we have UBI. to have universal basic income, right? Yeah, uh, I so see. like that's yeah, that that's kind of his thing. There are other folks who are like shut it down. Um, but yeah, his his whole thing though, like to 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 Andrew's point, like he you just got to be able to like work within the ecosystem and be able to effectively define your unique value in changing technologies. The same as it's always been forever and ever, you know, if you, if you don't make art that people want to buy, like, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. That, that was the case yesterday. That was the case a hundred years ago. It's going to be the case 20 years from now too. You just got to be able to market it and, and, and put it in a way. And there's going to be value to human made art of different stuff, stuff that like, you're not going to be able to effectively describe to an AI art generator to create the unique image that's in your head. Like I, so I have a friend who who does like uh, like it, Dungeons and Dragons style like role playing games and the weird stuff that like his artists do for that thing. I don't know where they pull it from, but like I don't know how you would describe that and effectively create that image from an AI. It, you could probably do it eventually, but it would take a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, artists may, especially people who, you know, they are artists, right? They can use AI to generate new ideas for themselves. They can yeah. describe it in that way. They can teach it like their style and start generating inspiration so that they've got the sketch in advance and now they can make it in the form that they want to make it. Um, yeah, certain, certain aspect of art is it, it's contemporary or it's historical, right? Like either it's talking about a modern political issue and we're trying to get sensationalized feelings about that, or, or it's, it's trying to glorify something, some aspect under underutilized aspect of history. So there's always going to be a market for that kind of creative thought. I would, I would think anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be but there again, you know, take a picture of a cat. I don't know, throw it on a canvas. You're connected to the president. You're going to make some money. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I, I, I mean, is AI going to be good at creating memes? I actually, I bet they would be good. Oh, AI I think so. Yeah. Cause I, I think the, um, the, the human, uh, you guys, human wait, do you guys even meme? I, I, <laughs> I don't think you guys understand. This is like meme. Memory is, is, the quintessential form of art it's instant art you take something that's happening right now and you make humor or or profundity out of it that's that there's no way ai is going to be able to do that uh, i i'd be willing to bet that within <laughs> a few years you could ask an ai art generator to generate a meme and you could give it percentages i want it 60 percent edgy i want it you know <laughs> i want it 90 percent offensive to this population but <laughs> not too far here include these three characters in this text and boom seconds later you know i i think uh i i think meme generators but but the thing about memes are there there is a human aspect to it where certain things just hit a certain way Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe they can figure that out. Maybe they can't because some of the memes that the art on them, actually, most of them is is pretty trashy, to be honest. Um, so, you know, they're, they're not high quality by any means. Yeah. Um, and 
I don't know. We'll say like I, I'm like if they can get to because like half the time like I I end up not putting out memes because I'm like too lazy to make them though. Like if if I could just say like okay, can you make me a meme? I'm thinking of this one scene from SpongeBob, and I want a meme related to like this policy issue with this like scene from SpongeBob. Like generate that for me. And if I could just describe it quickly instead of having to go out and like create that thing, yeah, or Photoshop that thing. Like that's that would. uh I'd probably put out a lot more memes if if that were the case. Like half the reason I don't put out much is because I'm like too lazy to do it. Yeah. I it's just steal a picture or a headline and make some comments about it. Some of us not. Not, not all of us steal our memes, Tim. Not all of us. <laughs> no, I, I, our I, meme. I create about twenty five percent of my own. Meme. Uh, do, I I will add to the to the art conversation as well that we already have examples of this happening um, way before AI existed. And it's just mass created artwork, you know, the stuff that you can go to a department store and buy something that was, you know, printed on a canvas. It's mass produced, probably made in China. It costs you 40 to 60 bucks to hang on your wall versus like an actual handmade painting, um, which could cost hundreds, if not thousands or millions of dollars. Um, and, and we we have this, too, with with other items like you know, handmade leather wallets, handmade anything, go on Etsy, yeah. you know, compare the prices on Etsy and the people, what they're doing on Etsy to 99% of what's on Amazon, Walmart, any big box store, the prices are more people. They are drawn to those things because they know it's handmade. They know they're supporting local. Um, those things are important to those people. There's a market for that. And that's not going to go away at all. And the money laundering aspect, I want to point to <laughs> one time. There is a little bit of money laundering that goes on in the art world. Oh, yeah. Just That's say it. That's a thing. But uh, uh, but the altruistic points you're making, Andrew, are, are not lost on me. I, I get what you're saying. There will always be a market for handcrafted goods, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a new problem. Um, no, no. And uh, look at this question because it's interesting. Pat says, like Kevin, would you one. trust an AI nanny for your kids? I mean, I trust, so I, I half trust the YouTube kids algorithm sometimes because, like, oh man, like he, you found new garbage truck videos. Uh, cool. I hate this song, but like you seem to be having a good time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have an almost two year old that, yeah, he'll like, he already knows. Like, he, he'll, like, if I have my phone in front of him, I'm always watching it with him, but he'll be like, oh, You'll scroll through and find the picture of the garbage truck that he likes because that he wants to watch garbage trucks and construction truck videos right now. And That's it's awesome. already there. Like it's not like full AI. I'm having a robot in my house type of thing, but you know, well, you, it's you it's already integrated. He, he, it's going to be like normal to him. Yeah. Well, and I I think too. Like people have a hard enough time trusting people. Right. So, I mean, you'd ask people the same question. Will you will you trust another human to watch yeah. your child? Most most people eventually they make that decision. Um, yeah. You know, AI could maybe be more predictable or or more uh, more chaotic. I don't know. Well, you'd hard have... to say. You know, it could be, you know, like a, if you ever saw like the old Disney, I think a digital movie like Smart House could go totally awry, could mm -hmm. go wrong. But, you know, uh yeah, maybe more predictable than than people. Like there's 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 a risk in that too, right? Uh, like there isn't anything. It, well, you, it you might actually the parameters on the AI nanny. Ex wouldn't you? Exactly, like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, you'd be yeah. like, look, one one TV show from eleven to eleven fifteen. 
then strained carrots. That's it. Like yeah, you, right. You Don't would, do that. Like it, the rules, man. Yeah, you know, I have to worry about like okay, is it is it gonna feed my baby on time or like is it gonna uh, like let my kid eat a bunch of like Reeses at like you know seven forty five p.m. I, I don't gotta worry about that. Like it's, babysitters, you don't know. Like maybe, maybe they'll they'll do that. The AI uh, is not gonna have their boyfriend or their girlfriend come over when they're watching your kid. Like <laughs> they're gonna follow the rules, man. Right. Yeah, and if they would, they'd just FaceTime each other virtually anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, with an IQ of 10,000, they can multitask. They can, they can take care of that like fine. elsewhere yeah. Like it, at the same time while they're still watching your kid. It would be no problem for them. Oh. Yeah, then in that case, you just have to worry about malicious compliance and make sure that you really want it to do what you're asking it to do. And, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, how, about, how much flexibility like, well, you told me that this is what you wanted done. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's the important part of writing instructions. It, it doesn't know the, the nuance of that, at least not not yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So. But all right. Uh, so I don't know if we have anything else. Otherwise, we could we could call it a night. George Santos got seated. Oh, my, my hero. Santos. I love that guy. I mean. You you kill like, me with here's, that. Here's, he's like AI. He's like, here's all the buzzwords. I'm going to use them in my campaign. Ta-da! I'm elected. I know he's uh, I, I I sent Tim another screenshot of of the latest George Santos thing where he he surprised his boyfriend with non-existent tickets to Hawaii, then stole his cell phone. That 18 year old figured out that like apparently George Santos is wanted by Brazilian police. Just Googled it, figured it out. Wow. I'm, I'm, again, I just Sitting want to highlight that George Santos' success is one more like highlight of the failure of mainstream modern media to actually come up with anything meaningful ever until it becomes an issue where they can profit, right? Like they they could have found all this stuff out about George Santos with a cursory inspection of his performance and his behavior before he got elected and break that news. But now it's way more profitable to be able to attack a seated member of the House of Representatives who, who I, I just, I love what he did. I love that box checking on, on all of the buzzwords and just say, here I am, elect me. And they did. And guess the, the reality is, is this is not, this is either the third or the second time that he ran for this office. And he, and so, he ran a couple of times. So they had this opportunity, like, for years, this is nothing. It's just beautiful, poetic. It just fits. No, no. So you you're on this this conspiracy that he uh, like the media was like in on it, so they could like attack a saying congressman. If they wanted to do, they could have gotten all the headlines, all the notoriety in October, and then let a Democrat win. Like, I don't know. I'm saying, well, like, I'm saying. I, like th- this is one of those you know never attribute to malice what I can attribute to incompetence. And this, but, but again, oh, this I go, at what point does incompetence become malice? Because we're in a, living in a world where the incompetence has become tangible malice. So I don't know. When I talk about the mainstream media, it looks like everything is so incompetent that it's malice. So, hey, Andrew, do you have thoughts on this? We've we've been going on this couple weeks now but <laughs> I, i'm i'm gonna be honest i've stepped so far out of politics i don't even know what you guys are talking about he may not be the hero that we prayed for but he may be the hero that we need bro like uh, this man. guy is epic you got to check out some of his stuff he's he's just horrible he's... A perfect a perfect 
member, new member of the House of Representatives. Uh, He's gonna fit right in. It's exactly uh, what we all deserve. Is that what it is? Yeah, like the the level of his lies is a little impressive. Like it's Mm. it's he he has some doozies in there. Uh, Oh, you know what? I I think I I vaguely uh, remember seeing his name pop up in the Google feed about. uh, uh, his mom dying in 9-11 and no. serving in the military question. or something and, and some That's... other stuff. So uh, now, now that we're talking about it, I, uh, I'm vaguely, uh, That's recalling him. That's a little the bit. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I... All right. Anyway, I know you want to get that, that George Santa. I, I love, I do. I do want to occasionally talk about my newest hero, my newest yeah. political hero, George Santos. Yeah, so you just switch between him and Anthony Weiner, and uh, you know your new heroes. <laughs> did Donnelly? Republicans can't do identity politics. They should just call. Like he, he did. He checked all the boxes. He's gay. He's Jewish. His parents were in the Holocaust. He 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 was at the a, the a nightclub in the vicinity of uh, the, he, the Florida said, shooting. He said four of his employees died in that nightclub shooting, which was a lie. Potential employees, that's what he said. He he meant to say potential Wild. employees. They were gonna work for him. Like those guys were those guys are girls, were definitely gonna be hired. He had seen their perhaps seen their application. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mom's Jewish. No, Jewish, Jewish, not Jewish, Jewish. Like this WABC said it on WABC. Like, I'm not making it up. This guy is epic. <laughs> Just I don't know. He's great. Uh, Hero. Oh, man. I missed a good comment from John. I'll have to, to respond to that later. <laughs> the flat earth one? Oh, no. Okay. I, oh. I was just talking about like the, the, um, it being like a normal thing for Generation Alpha. My, my kid already talks to the lights. He'll walk into a room and he'll go, lights, lights, lights. Oh, wow. He, yeah. Yeah. Cause we have Alexas in a bunch of their rooms. Um, I, but, you said- uh, you know, just, other folks, just great show. Uh, Matthew, thanks for listening. Patty, thanks for listening. Shelly, thanks for listening. Daniel, thanks for listening. Uh, everyone, great comments tonight. Um, and yeah, y'all keep the show fun. So, so always appreciate y'all being here. Just as a last thing, I, I used to do that as a trick to my kids, right? Like they didn't know where the light switches were. I'd yell and flick on a light switch. They thought it was my voice turning it on. Your kids are all going to think that that's that's how it's done. I guess that's how it's done. Isn't that great? I know. Right? <laughs> it is yeah, how it's done. But, you know, he, he doesn't know the, the trigger word, but he'll he'll walk into a room and he'll go, lights green. I'm like, all right, you want you want the lights to turn green, buddy? Okay. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. It's so, Star Trek. But, yeah, no, it's it's uh what we're here. The future's here. We can we have robot butlers that can like change the lighting to our exact preference preferences That's when awesome. you walk into a room yeah yeah i gotta yep. i mean the the teslas i i test drove a tesla the other day you want you sit in a tesla it'll adjust everything to your exact preference based on your phone if it's in your pocket and i think it works any tesla you drive so you go in there back height heat temperature settings everything oh, so it's just a matter of time before everything else. And then, you know, 
10, 20 years from now, we can tell people how we used to use rotary phones to get a hold of people growing up. Oh, my God. I got a picture of my my that's even what my middle kid on a rotary phone up in the under at an Adirondack camp. She is just like, what is this thing? They still exist. They're still up in the Adirondacks. Mm -hmm. Still work. Yeah. Saw a payphone the other day. The heck? I, I saw one too. Yeah, a couple of maybe it was just a shell of one. Thought it would maybe huh. somewhere in Long Island. I saw one. I was working down there. I was listening. That's where all my WABC stuff, my expertise on Santos came from. Working in Long Island every single day, listening to WABC. It was horrible. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, I, I, th I think we're going to call it a night. We Thanks again for yeah. joining us. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So have a wonderful, wonderful night, folks. Take care. Guys, thanks for having me. A free solution.